Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. Today is day 573 of my daily Zohar reading. I'll be reading today part 2 of the Zohar, page 69b, in only in English today. Um, hopefully, eventually, I'll be able to get back to the Aramaic, um, maybe relatively soon. Um, I'm going to read uh, where it begins... Uh, second paragraph on page 385 of the Pritzker edition Zohar, volume 4, translated by Professor Daniel Matt, uh, about three sentences into 69b, where it says, Happy is the share of Moses. Happy is the share of Moses who is above among all supernal sanctities, and who gazed upon that which no other human in the world is permitted to see. Just as Balaam saw a little tenuous glow as from behind a wall from within that other side, so too Moses, through immense supernal radiance, saw below, as from behind a wall, one thin streak of darkness appearing to him, and not constantly, just as Balaam did not gaze at that glow constantly. Footnote number 56, happy as the share of Moses, just as Balaam... Rooted in the demonic realm, glimpsed, glimpsed the realm of holiness. So Moses, rooted in the divine realm, glimpsed the realm of impurity. Back to the text. Happy is the share of Moses, faithful prophet. What is written of him? The angel of Yudai Vavhe appeared to him in a flame of fire from within a bush. Exodus 3.2 A bush, surely was within that holiness, cleaving to it. For all things cleave to one another, pure and impure. There is no purity except through impurity. This is the mystery of who can produce pure from impure. Job 14.4 Shell and kernel are rising with one another. This shell is not eliminated or broken until the time when the dead will rise from the dust. Then the shell will be broken and radiance will shine into the world unconcealedly from the kernel. Happy are the righteous in this world and in the world that is coming. Footnote 57, a bush surely was within that holiness. The bush of thorns symbolizes the demonic forces which are sur surrounded by a, a holy flame of fire. Conversely, pure and impure are often depicted as a holy kernel surrounded by a demonic shell. The two opposites are interdependent. Demonic powers are sustained by the divine source while their testing and punishing of humanity serve to reinforce the moral order. Back to the text. And her two sons, Exodus 18.2. Rabbi Chia said, Now, were they her sons and not the sons of Moses? However, because she exerted herself for them without her husband, Torah calls them her sons, not his sons. Rabbi Yossi said, Although they were Moses' sons, a word of truth, her sons, surely. Footnote 60, Word of truth, her sons, surely. Perhaps alluding to the fact that the mother's identity is more certain than the father's, or meaning that her sons resembled her. Back to the text, Rabbi Elazar said, Look, Moses was coupling with another supernal place, so it would have been disrespectful to call them his sons. Now, although they were his sons, out of respect for that place with which he coupled, they are called her sons here. Later, they are called his sons. Why? Because at the moment they arrived, Moses was speaking with Shekhinah. After he parted and went on went out to meet his father-in-law. Then is written, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, and his sons and his wife came to Moses. Exodus 18.5 Footnote 61 
Moses was coupling with another supernal place. Moses was united with Shekhinah and is actually described as her spouse, husband of Elohim. So it would have been disrespectful towards Shekhinah to describe these sons as his. Only after Moses parted from Shekhinah to greet his father-in-law are they described in these terms. Back to the text. Rabbi Shimon said, Elazar, I see in this portion that you begin the word fittingly, but the conclusion not so. Certainly out of respect for Shekhinah, supernal coupling with whom Moses coupled, it is written her sons. And if you say, but it is written Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, and his sons and his wife came to Moses, all is one entirety. And his sons, the sons of Jethro, for after Moses came to him, he had sons. Footnote 62, you begin the word fittingly. Rabbi Shimon approves how his son Eleazar has explained the wording her sons, but as for the subsequent wording his sons and his wife, Rabbi Shimon contends that this refers not to Moses' son and wife, but to Jethro's. They all came together with Jethro to convert. Quote, all is one entirety. For the tradition that Jethro was blessed with sons through the merit of Moses' presence, see Tanhuma Shemot 16. <laughs> Back to the text, so it was with Jacob, once he came to Laban and dwelled with him, he had sons. Here too, once Moses dwelled with Jethro, Jethro had sons, and he brought his entire household with him to bring them under the wings of Shekhinah. Jethro said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you, and your wife and her two sons, Exodus 18.6. It is not written, and your two sons. Jethro had sons, as is written, the sons of Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, went up from the city of Palms, Judges 1.16, and he left his sons with Moses. Jethro came, Exodus 18.5. He opened, saying, Many people will go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of Yudevave, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For from Zion will come forth Torah, and the word of Yudevave from Jerusalem. Isaiah 2.3. This verse has has been established in many places. However, other nations are destined to wear out their feet, walking to enter under the wings of Shekhinah. Come, let us go up. All other false gods of the world undergo descent, while whoever cleaves to the Blessed Holy One attains ascent. To the mountain of Yudhevave, Abraham, as is written, as is said to this day, on the mountain of Yudhevave, he will be seen. Genesis twenty two fourteen. For Abraham called it mountain, just as a mountain is ownerless, open to anyone in the world who wants. So this holy place is ownerless, receiving anyone in the world who wants. To the house, Jacob, who called this place house, as is written, this is none other than the house of God. Genesis twenty-eight seventeen. Footnote 64, Mountain of Yudevave, Abraham, traditionally Mount Moriah, where Abraham bound Isaac on the altar, is identified with the Temple Mount. Here, Rabbi Shimon associates Abraham with the Mountain of Yudevave because this patriarch, who was, in a sense, the first convert, referred to the dwelling place of Shekhinah as mountain. Just as a mountain is accessible to all, so Shekhinah welcomes all, her, all converts who come under her wings. Footnote 65, to the house Jacob. Likewise, according to the rabbinic tradition, the site of Jacob's dream in Genesis 28 is identified as the future site of the temple. Jacob referred to this dwelling place of Shekhinah not as mountain, but as house. That's it for today's reading. Catch you all tomorrow. Take care.